Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. It's more everybody can put what they want, and the tortilla is always the base. We always have a tortilla there. I have them on the table all the time, and so we had salmon and broccoli and farro like three nights ago, and I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to eat this. Wait, tortillas, yes! Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Hey, guys. Before we get started, (laughs) we want to make sure that if you haven't already, you take a moment to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to us right now. That way you don't miss a single thing. And if you're feeling generous, rate and review us. It helps a ton. And we know you can do it while you're listening because you're a great multitasker. Also, hey, just for fun, let's throw in our Instagram handle. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Didn't I Just Feed You together. Separately, we are at Megan underscore Splon and at Stacey Billis. You can find show notes for each episode at Didn't I Just Feed You dot com. I am so excited for this episode. This is such a good interview. I know. I it's don't like want to. It's really me like cl- patting you on the back because you did so much research. And well, actually, you just life research because you travel so much. I love Mexican food. And you just had so many great questions. And then Leslie Tejas, who's our guest today, is like um, just amazing, amazing wealth of knowledge. And she's a mom, so she gets it. Yeah. So, you guys, this episode. The idea was to just have someone talk to us about weeknight Mexican cooking because everybody loves Mexican food. But we just really wanted to start by exploring, like, what's the difference between Tex-Mex and what Americans think of Mexican food versus all these regional cuisines. I mean, Mexico itself has, like, 
so many different cuisines within the country. It's such an ancient cuisine and food. So, I mean, Leslie was awesome and talked to us about it so deeply that I feel like the episode's about so much more than just weeknight cooking. Yeah, and in a fun and not mean way, she throws some shade at, like, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> she does! <laughs> Which I just really love. I'm here for that. I'm but here for that. But also talked about, like, really practical ways that we can all do more me- true, m- more authentic. Authentic such a loaded word. Oh, yeah, right? Right? Um, we did that whole interview without saying that word once. I know, which was us. really nice. I, was, I ruined it. it. I ruined it, Stacey. No, no, it's good because I think we should... I think we should surface it, Megan. I think that, like, it's really interesting because we're we're not trying to put value on, like, Tex-Mex cuisine versus, like, the food of Puebla. They're all valid, but I just love what Leslie's trying to do, which is basically, like, having more, like, help seed a more expansive understanding of what Mexican food is. Yes, and it doesn't have to be hard or spicy. Or spicy. I love that she said, I shouldn't ruin the interview. We should almost just get right yeah, into it. Because I think we it's, should. It's so juicy and it's kind of longer than most interviews, but there's a reason why. It's because we just dove, dove right in. And there's lots and lots of practical cooking tips. All right, guys, so let's get started. Let us tell you about Leslie Tellez. She's a journalist, a cookbook author, an entrepreneur whose work focuses primarily on Mexican food, culture, and identity. Her cookbook, which is gorgeous, is called Eat Mexico, Recipes from Mexico City's Streets, Markets, and Fondas, was published in 2015 by Kyle Books. She also has this amazing food tour company that gives food tours in Mexico City and in Puebla. And you guys, before I ever knew that I'd be interviewing her with Megan, I actually took several tours with her company and it was amazing. Her work has been featured in Taste, Food and Wine, The New York Times, Savor, Kitchen.com, and so many other fantastic publications. So without further ado, let's talk to Leslie. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so excited about this because besides admiring your work, you also have this food tour company called Eat Mexico, and I've taken a food tour of Mexico City with you guys. Cool. It was like three or four years ago, and it was so fantastic. I don't remember which I signed up for, but we literally, I was with a girlfriend. We went home that night and emailed whoever was our contact and we were like, can we book another one for tomorrow during the day and then another one for tomorrow at night? <laughs> <laughs> so like we spent our long weekend, we spent a good portion of our long weekend in Mexico City with your tour guides and it was amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Mexico City is one of my favorite, favorite places in the world. I love it. And in general, I think both Megan and I are big fans of Mexican food. And I think a lot of Americans would say that they are. There's sort of this love of Mexican food in America, which, to be completely honest, kind of fascinates me, in, especially in this current political climate, where from where I stand, it seems like Mexicans and by extension, Latinx people are under fire by the current administration and a lot of its supporters. So as a Mexican-American yourself, and as someone who has studied Mexican cooking extensively, what do you think is the most important aspect of your work today? 
Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I would say the most important aspect of my work is really sort of mimicking what you just said. Um, we are in a really unique, or not unique, because I feel like this kind of same stuff has been going on forever, you know? I mean, since Mexicans arrived, um, since basically, you know, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo and, you know, the U.S. effectively took over what was Mexican land and there have been these complicated relationships and the United States hasn't been welcoming, you know, at all to, to Mexicans being, being here on the same land. That was once their land. Um, so really for me, what I try to do with my work and what's always been important to me has been to educate people about, about Mexican culture in general and that it's not really what a lot of people think that it is um, and that Mexicans you know, as a whole, don't fit into the stereotypes that people constantly try to put them in, and, and neither do Mexican Americans or Chicanos and or you know anybody of Mexican heritage in the U.S. You know, we're we're practically invisible in the mainstream popular culture. You know, we're not seen in movies. We're not seen. Television's starting to change a little bit, but we're really not seen on TV. Where are our stories? You know, they they don't really exist. So part of what I'm trying to do with my work is to let people know, hey, we're here <laughs> and we yes, don't just eat, yeah. you know, we don't just eat like tacos, seriously. Like we don't just eat tacos all the time. We don't have taco night, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, lots of things. So, so that's really what I'm trying to do is, um, is really educate people both about the beauty of Mexican culture um, and about the beauty of Mexican food and how it's really something that we should know more about and we should respect a little bit more um, and not think of it as how it's so often been thought of in this country and still continues to be thought of as really one-dimensional, cheap, greasy, heavy food. And that's just, that's not what it is. I, as a Greek American, I'm first generation. And I used to complain when I was young that Greek food was boring. I'd be like, but everything has lemon and feta cheese and oregano. Like, <laughs> the same pool of ingredients. You know, Greece is a fairly small country. The terrain and the environment is pretty like consistent throughout. I mean, there's definitely mountains in the north and it's more beachy seafood in the south and on the islands. But one of the things that I am so in awe of of Mexican cuisine is besides the fact that it's a, an ancient cuisine, it's also wildly varied. You go to Veracruz and it's these light seafood dishes, you know, and then there's the thick rich moles of Pueblo and Oaxaca. I I think it's so it's such a shame to me that Americans, many Americans, not all Americans, associate Mexican food with Tex-Mex. Although Tex-Mex is also really wonderful and has its own, it's its own cuisine in its own right, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. No, I, uh, no disrespect to Tex-Mex. I think it has its own um, identity uh, that's really strong in Texas. And it's what so many Mexican Americans and, and Texans and lots of people grew up with. Yeah. And it, it has this, you know, it's part of the story of immigration, which is what I love about it as a first generation person. You know, this idea that a cuisine, you know, the people come here and then something else develops as they make the foods they remember from home using what they find locally. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. But is it possible for you to tell us what 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 is Mexican food to you? Is the, is it possible to say? 
For me, Mexican food is a combination of different things. I mean, I, I'm third generation, my, my mom, and, and even being third generation, you know, we have different levels on both sides of my family of, of bi, biculturalness. You know, my, my dad um, was, quote unquote, like very American. You know, he didn't grow up speaking Spanish. Um, my grandmother did, but she didn't teach her children because, you know, my grandmother and grandfather agreed they didn't want to do that. But yet, you know, my grandfather on my dad's side, his name was Jeronimo. He named his son Jerry. And so, yeah, everybody, yeah. so everyone sort of grows up with both of these identities, right? Um, and my mom, on my mom's side, she grew up going back and forth to Tijuana, where my grandfather had built a house. She went every weekend until she graduated from high school and, and got married and moved out. My mom speaks fluent Spanish. All of her sisters and brothers do. So it's a really growing up in this environment where on one side of my family, they spoke Spanish. They had a lot stronger tie, uh, you know, more visible tie in a way to Mexico. Um, and then on my dad's side, my great grandmother spoke mostly Spanish. Uh, my grandmother would speak to her in Spanish. There was some Spanish, still lots of, you know, wonderful homemade Mexican food. Um, and then there was you know, my brothers and I, we didn't speak any Spanish at all. And, you know, at home we ate, my mom would make rice and, you know, we always had tortillas in the fridge, but we would do things like put bologna inside a tortilla or <laughs> put a hot dog because, you know, that's what there was. And yeah, um, we would make a quesadilla with the craft single and put it in the microwave. And that was an <laughs> awesome after school snack. So, yeah, I mean, Mexican food to me is really just, I think, a combination of those memories and food memories that I had from my grandmother and from my family, from going to family events. You know, I didn't spend time in Mexico as a kid. Um, I just didn't. And so uh, even though we were so close, uh, my mom, that just wasn't something she wanted to do and we just didn't do it. So um, I didn't spend time in Mexico. So my Mexican food foundation is, was really that, you know, the meals at my grandmother's house for, for Christmas. Also, I'm really, I've really been influenced by California Mexican cooking, this boom of Mexican restaurants that opened up in Southern California in, you know, the 70s um, and 80s, places like El Torito, <laughs> Acapulco, for people who are on the West Coast and from Los Angeles, you might be listening, but, you know, these places where you get, you show up, like the Tex-Mex places, you show up, you yep. get your combo plate. You know, there's this lagoon of creamy refried yeah. beans sitting there mm. on a warm ceramic plate, you know, and this orangey red rice with the little sliced yes. black olives on top. <laughs> and, you know, the just blanket of thick melty cheese on top of the enchiladas. You know, that's that's also what I grew up with. And that's that's Mexican food to me. You know, that that's what I grew up with in my childhood. Um, but then there's this other thing that happened to me as an adult, which is that I moved to Mexico in my 30s. And here I am seeing foods that I've never seen in my life and also feeling in a way that they were familiar, you know, also feeling yeah. in a way that, you know, this isn't completely, it's not so different from the things that I grew up eating, you know? Um, and so immediately feeling a connection to those things and embracing them as if I had always grown up eating them, you know? Um, so, so all of those things are, are Mexican food to me, you know, and now at home, I'm so busy. I have these two small children and I don't have a lot of time to cook the way that I used to. I don't, 
I mean, I used to make homemade flacoyos at home for the love of God. You know, um, like, when can I do that anymore? Maybe when they're eight years old. No, I have a 10 year old and a 13 year old. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Our lives could be very different. But I remember that when I first became interested in being a culinary professional before I had kids, one of the things that I decided I wanted to do is to make mole by hand. Like I was not going to use the food processor. And I had a big dinner party for myself for my uh, birthday. And I was so proud. And that was literally like 22 years ago. And we still <laughs> talk about it. My husband's like, maybe we should have a dinner party like that again. That was so great. The food was so good. I was like, I, I do not have time. <laughs> so. What's one thing, and we're going to dive in, we're going to dive in to like the practical stuff of everyday Mexican cooking for families. But just, I want to know, like, is there one thing you'd really like people to know about the food of Mexico? Well, I think you, you already said it in a way, which is that it is just so varied and it's not what a lot of people think that it is. It's much more than what most people think that it is. You know, there's, I don't, Honestly, I don't think they've even identified all the types of chiles that are actually grown and eaten in Mexico. They haven't identified all the types of corn that are grown and eaten in Mexico. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I just it's much more complex than people realize. At the same time, I think that it doesn't as a home cook, you don't need to be making a mole in order to cook Mexican food or to consider yourself like, Ooh, I, I actually, you know, I'm learning about Mexican cooking. You know, you don't have to do the 20 ingredient. I mean, it's fine if you have the time, but so much, I think of what makes Mexican cooking so amazing are the really simple flavors, the really simple dishes. I mean, a lot of people will tell you people who have grown up in Mexico or even, you know, Mexican American Chicano families in the U S having a pot of beans on the stove, you know, smelling the pot of beans on the stove, maybe it's in a clay pot, you know, and, and seeing the steam rising off of it and smelling that smell in your house and sitting down to just some beans, like some really good beans that have been made with love and some corn tortillas or flour tortillas. I mean, there it is, you know, it, it, it's pretty amazing. And it doesn't have to be super complex in order to be good, but at the same time, it does have this very complex side that a lot of people don't really know about. And it counts if you make it in your Instant Pot. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's super fast. I'm saying because this last weekend, I made a huge pot of black bean soup that then a few nights later, you know, it thickened up. And instead of thinning it out to make soup again, I served with yellow rice alongside some like pulled pork that I had. And then... I have a little bit left. So today for school lunch, I spread it onto my son's sandwich with some mashed avocado and leftover chicken cutlets. And that was his sandwich. And now the very last bit is going to go into nachos for the weekend. Totally. So it's, <laughs> it's black beans done well, or, or beans in general, they don't have to be black beans. That's our preference here. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
So on a really practical level, beans, is that where you suggest all busy home cooks start if they want to learn more about the food of Mexico? Or is there somewhere, something even simpler than that where they can start to like have conversations with their kids around the table and enjoy Mexican food in a way that's not Americanized? I would say starting with a good corn tortilla. I mean, kids love, my kids love corn tortillas. My daughter's 16 months and she's eating corn tortillas. You know, we eat, we also have tostadas, um, a decent amount, um, baked corn tortillas or just, you know, packaged tostadas. Yeah, a good corn tortilla, it's simple. A lot of people think they don't have access to it, but that's not actually true. It just means you have to find the Mexican grocery store in your neighborhood. and. I mean, there's a Mexican grocery store in my mom's town of Longview, Washington, which has 30,000 people, you know, like between Portland and Olympia. So they're everywhere. There's a Mexican grocery store in Star, South Carolina, which has one stoplight or maybe two, um, which is where my husband's uh, family is from. I love that. I was going to add, I'm in Boise, Idaho, and um, there are at least six Mexican grocery yeah. stores where we live, which people think of like, it's a small town. There's not a lot of like ethnic grocery stores in general, but there are lots of Mexican grocery stores and also great sources for tamales, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite. Like, I don't have to cook it, but I can also like enjoy someone else's cooking and support a family who is producing those things, which I love. Yes. So yeah, I would say researching, finding a good corn tortilla. A lot of new tortillerias have been opening up around the country with people who, um, some people who aren't necessarily Mexican, but they've just come to fall in love with the process um, of making the corn tortillas. So it could be that Boise might even have a, you know, have one that we don't even know about. So um, I would say Google around and, and start with a good corn tortilla. That would be my first thing to do because you can, you eat it with everything. It's a, a great foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. In line with that, what do you think busy home cooks or, or people, parents in general, like, or what do you keep in your pantry for everyday Mexican cooking? So in my pantry, I usually have beans um, of any variety. I'm, I'm a proud member of the Rancho Gordo Bean Club. Um, I <laughs> have talked about it a while on the show. Yeah, you're the second guest to be like, I'm a card carrying member. Totally. And, it's um, so great. I love it. Um, our listeners group is super into it too. Yes. They talk about it a lot. It's like, I guess they've closed off. They're not accepting uh, memberships right now. But anyway. It's true. Yeah. I've tried. <laughs> so we always have beans, really good beans. Um, in the pantry, I always have rice of some sort, brown rice. I have tomato sauce, canned tomato sauce. My mom used it. I use it for rice or for like fideo, the angel hair, you know, thin noodles that you fry and you cook with uh, tomato sauce and onion and stuff. Let's see. I do have fideo noodles. I don't make them. I make them sometimes. They're nice to have in there. That's really the kind of stuff that I grew up on in the pantry. What else? Cumin. Um, I use a lot of cumin. Obviously, like good um, kosher salt, black pepper, bay leaves, Mexican oregano. Mexican oregano, I like it because it's, it's not, I don't feel like it's as uh, harsh as regular oregano. I don't know. I feel like regular oregano is a little more aggressive. So yeah, Mexican oregano. I, I have a bunch of dried chiles, but honestly, with the kids, I don't do a lot with them anymore. Um, and my kids don't eat spicy food. So I use a lot of hot sauce. So that's something else I have Mexican made hot sauce, either made by Mexican Americans or, um, or made in Mexico. 
Are there brands that you love that you think we should try? Yes, there's a (laughs) brand. Well, if you, the only problem is he's only in LA. So, but my husband was just there and he brought it home in his suitcase for the second time. We just love this hot sauce. Um, What is it? I'm going to LA. Okay. It's called (laughs) El Machete is the brand. Um, M-A-C-H-E-T-E. And he sells at the Hollywood Farmer's Market, which is, I think, on Sundays. Oh, I'm so there. You have to go. And while you're there, pick up some Kernel of Truth Organics tortillas. They share (laughs) the same stall. um, And their tortillas are my favorite. So, um, yeah, El Machete, uh, he makes all of these really wonderful hot sauces. Habanero with papaya and carrot and mango and garlic. And everything's just delicious that he makes. So, um, yeah, hot sauce, I would say, um, vinegar, um, for pickling things. Yeah, that's, that's what comes to mind. I don't think Americans realize how much pickled stuff you can find in Mexican food. Or maybe they do. It's just my favorite. Yes. I love pickled vegetables, pickled chiles. Um, they're just, they're so good. In New York, we really, I feel like in the summertime, it's just, there's so many jalapenos and serranos at the farmer's market it just is calling for you to go out and buy a a, you know a pound and or two and pickle all of them but then it's finding room but yeah can we go back to beans for a second because i'm curious you mentioned rancho gordo which means that you're mostly working with dry beans yes do you have canned beans yeah i do backup i do have canned beans so the dried beans work because you get to use them in a bunch of different things, like you were just saying. That's why I really like to use dried beans because you use them the whole week. A can of beans, I go, it takes, I use it in a day or two. Yes. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do tomorrow for dinner? I don't want to yeah. come up with something from scratch. <laughs> um, so just canned black beans, I like to have in the fridge right now because um, I can, it, for my daughter and I during the day, we're home together. I can put a few on her tray. You know, I can. I can put them in a bowl for me. Um, I can refry them. I really love refrying canned beans from scratch, um, just in a little bit of oil, um, maybe a tablespoon or two. I blister garlic and onion, a little wedge of onion, whole clove of peeled garlic, and then add the beans with a little water and mash, 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 mash. Yeah. Um, And uh, a little bit of water. Um, Yeah, you keep adding water until it's the consistency that you want. And so I do like refried I refry my own canned beans. So if I'm planning to make tostadas or something where I need refried beans, I'll go buy a can. But otherwise, I don't buy them that much. And do you ever buy like canned refried? Like, no, already? I don't. And do you, so I'm, ta- I'm going to read between the lines here and I'm going to guess that you don't want us to do that either. Well, I mean, like, look, I know what it's like, okay? I'm not begrudging anybody. I used to be the person <laughs> who was like, just, Make a chile relleno on a weeknight and you just like <laughs> toast, roast your poblano and it just takes, an, you know, two hours. But if you have like, no, I'm not begrudging anybody. Me personally, look, my, my son can, if he smells something that he thinks is spicy, he will just run in the opposite direction. <laughs> so, and all like all the canned refried beans in my neighborhood have jalapeno and tomato in yes, them, and his yeah. skin is very sensitive. So tomato also makes them kind of splotchy. So I just not going to do it. If they had the canned beans of my childhood, Rosarita brand canned beans, you know, maybe I would buy them potentially around here, but they don't have those. And so, and those did not have jalapeno in them. Um, 
I, I, the texture I remember being kind of weird and honestly, like thinking about canned refried beans, the texture makes me, I don't know, but it's a little weird, but if you want to do it, if you're like, Hey, this is what I need to get my children fed or me fed, like do it. Don't li- don't listen to my, meh, you know, just go do it. I love that. We appreciate <laughs> that. That's why we I, wanted you yeah. on. <laughs> Although I do think Stacy's trying to get to her, one of her favorite questions, which is kind of like what, ta- like talk to us about shortcuts. So you're saying don't buy refried beans. And we talked a little bit about finding a source for tortillas, but like, do you ever use canned salsa? Like where can um, our busy home cooks shortcut yeah. with that flavor? I think I think canned salsa is probably fine. They have a lot of high quality ones. I can't bring myself personally to do it. (laughs) I do hot sauce instead. So hot sauce for me is the shortcut when I want. Or you know what I do is just slice raw jalapeno is really good or serrano on a lot of different stuff. And it has crunch. I really like that for for heat as a shortcut instead of making your own salsa, sliced raw chile. Right. And that's so nice because then you can add it to your own plate and not to your children's plate. Yes, ma'am. Same thing with hot sauce. Uh, and, um, I really like, I think don't shortcut on the tortillas. I think, like I said before, having a good quality, um, corn tortilla is important or flour if that's what you like, but good quality corn tortillas are, are great and they're nutritious. So I wouldn't shortcut that. You can shortcut the beans. Like I said, the canned beans, I think, you know, we buy packaged tostadas even too, as a, as just to mix it up if we're having, Fortunately, my son is like me. We're having this again. I mean, they're all like that, right? Uh, so, no, it's a tostada. It's different. <laughs> and so then he's like, oh, okay, this is okay, cool. I got it then. And my daughter loves tostadas too. <laughs> We're both, both Stacy and I are big fans. We both do that for lunch at home a lot because we work from home. We've yes. talked about it many times on the show. So yes to buying packaged tostadas. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't do any packaged spice mixes or anything. I think they're all kind of lame. I don't think it needs it. I don't think any Mexican food needs like a packaged spice mix. I just don't. In order, any home cooking, I, it just doesn't. Yeah. You don't need it. So to jump off of that, how do you flavor food? Like, how do you flavor Mexican food? Or do you have any tricks for boosting flavor? I love, because I'm in a place right now in my family where my kids don't eat spicy food and a lot of the best Mexican food, you have all these wonderful sauces that have chile in them. Or they have, they're like acidic sauces with tomatillo or tomato. My son can't eat tomato. So, I mean, he can. It just makes his face sort of splotchy and I don't want to deal with it sometimes. Um, so what I do is uh, I have my sliced jalapeno. I have my hot sauce, a lot of lime. Lime is a great flavor booster, lime wedges. Mm-hmm. Te- I think more about textures. So, you know, adding crunch to something, having on a taco, you know, your cabbage or your um, lettuce, shredded lettuce, something crunchy on top. But I think more about crunch and heat and like the acidic tang is sort of the thing that I want to have. And then also relying on fresh herbs. I have a lot of cilantro that I always have, always have cilantro in my refrigerator. So chopped cilantro goes on, on almost anything, unless you think it tastes like soap, in which case, like it doesn't work for you. Yes. Um, but I put chopped cilantro on everything. I don't really do a whole lot of, I don't do chili powder. I just don't at this point in my life, I do hot sauce. Um, because again, my son won't eat it. 
uh, I do a lot of, I just really flavor a lot of my stuff with cumin, um, onion and garlic. Um, if I'm too busy to do onion and garlic, I do onion powder and garlic powder. I think that this framework is really helpful because I think a lot of kids don't like spice or parents just don't, you know, aren't ready to start introducing spice and figure it out. You know, weekday meals, you just need to like put something together quickly and you want to make sure as best as you can that your kids are going to like it and eat it. And onion, garlic, cumin adds so much flavor, just the three of those things together. I couldn't agree with you more about cilantro. We buy two bunches every week and go through it. I put it on everything. I also really appreciated you mentioning cabbage instead of lettuce, because that's what we also use on our like tostadas and our tacos, because I, it's, it can be healthier too. It's a nice cruciferous vegetable and it gives even more of a crunch and adds heft. So this idea of shifting a mindset away from spice and thinking about like tang and texture really makes a lot of sense to me. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, we we don't do the heavy sauces. Like I said, we it's more everybody can put what they want. And the tortilla is always the base. We always have a tortilla there. I have them on the table all the time. And so we had salmon and broccoli and farro like three nights ago. And I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to eat this. Wait, tortillas. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, um, and with the tortilla on the table, everyone, you know, they're happy and they actually ate all the salmon and stuff. Um, but it's not something where you would say, oh, this is a Mexican meal. You know, it's just dinner. We happen to have tortillas. If somebody wants hot sauce, they can have that. If I wanted sliced jalapeno on my salmon, I could have done that. Um, but that's kind of, that's really what we do. You know, um, it's just little ingredients that make their way into everything. <laughs> yes, totally. Although your kids might grow up like me saying to their parents, everything is lemon juice, feta, and oregano. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to put you on the spot here. Top three meals for everyday Mexican cooking that you would recommend to busy home cooks. Definitely. I call it tortilla and egg thing. Definitely migas. So easy, so fast. I make it at least once every two weeks. All you need is tortillas and eggs. Assuming nobody has an egg allergy, it's really easy and it's delicious. And you can also make it for breakfast if you if you want to sometimes. But um, but yeah, you just fry the tortillas in oil, salt them. My mom likes to crack the eggs directly into the pan so you don't even have to dirty a bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to beat them on the side and, and add them lightly beaten to the tortillas, but super fast. Again, you can put crumbled cheese or do extra things, but most of the time when I'm so busy, I don't even do that. We just, we just eat it and it's delicious. And I have to say that I have one kid who is super into meat and the other one who I think is flirting with becoming a vegetarian. And I'll use a smaller pan and make one just as you described. And then in, I'll like crumble chorizo or some sort of sausage and then do that for my older son. Mm, that sounds good. Sausage. Because when you put it in front of him without the sausage, he's like, Where, where's, where's the meat? Where's, yeah, where's yeah. the where's meat? <laughs> yeah. Now, both of my kids don't say any. Well, she doesn't talk yet, but my son is cool with it. The other thing I do a lot is a guisado. So guisado is just a mix of 
stuff that you have in the fridge um, that's cooked all in one pan and you serve it with tortillas and beans. Again, it's another thing to do with beans, right? Beans on the side, done. Um, and you can scoop it all up into into the tortilla. So the other day I made, we, we always usually have, we buy ground beef at our farmer's market. So uh, I did ground beef, just sauteing onion and garlic, ground beef crumbled up. Um, I added some, I was looking at what frozen vegetables can I add to this? I was looking for the corn. Of course, it's in the very bottom of the darn freezer and I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I chopped up some carrot. I actually chopped up some celery, which I I don't often do in Mikey Salos, but I was like, eh, it's green. That's the green thing. Celery, <laughs> done. Carrot, celery, um, and I had some potato that I added to that. And then I added some cumin and salt and pepper, and that's it. And you cook it. I had some tortillas. We had our hot sauce. We had our lime. Does anybody want grated cheese? I do. Okay, there you go. I don't eat Yum. cheese on it. And that was it, you know, and, it, and my daughter, you know, everybody ate it. So, and then I can also... If I have time to do rice, I don't have time anymore really to do like the two sides <laughs> right now. Just the one I side. I feel you. Or you cut fruit, you know. I do a lot of um, just to like, I sometimes will do cut fruit, especially if it's something new that they haven't, that they haven't seen. I do cut fruit. But so guisado is another thing. Let's see the top. The third one, I would say fish tacos. I do that yeah. fairly often. Um, I actually found this recipe online. I don't fry a whole lot anymore because it's just messy. and. Just I'm the person usually cleaning up and yep. it's just a pain in the butt. Uh, we do these baked breaded fish tacos with panko. The slaw is super quick and easy. I actually got the recipe from Cup of Joe, the website, um, and I've been making them for, oh God, for since my son was little. And we buy our fish at the farmer's market, so it's amazing. And when I went to it, when I moved to LA for a year, I, I really missed having that really fresh fish close by. Uh, wasn't the same. So, but yeah, fish tacos, um, baked, breaded fish. It cooks for 12, 15 minutes. Um, you make the slaw at the very beginning, salt, heavily salt, some cabbage and um, shredded carrot, and then dress it with, um, I do one tablespoon olive oil, one tablespoon vinegar or lime juice, and one tablespoon yogurt. No, you don't have to do the yogurt if you don't want to. Uh, toss it all together, let it sit while you're working on the other stuff. Um, and then again, hot sauce, when we serve it, hot sauce, lime wedges, <laughs> pickling, pickled onions is actually amazing too. I, I like to have those in the freezer. It takes me some time to figure out, okay, when am I actually going to do this? But they go on everything and my son actually yes. really likes them. So yeah. And it, it just adds, it just elevates the meal in a way that makes you feel like a, a sophisticated human being instead of just the yes. cook who's in the kitchen <laughs> totally. trying to yes. get dinner on the table. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, I want to go back to one thing before we wrap up, because I cannot believe that Megan and I didn't ask this. OK, we have to go back to cheese. Mm -hmm. So what cheese or cheeses do you keep in your fridge? Because I have a feeling a lot of people think of just grabbing the pre-shredded Mexican mix when they think that they're going to want to like make some sort of Mexican inspired dinner. I just use Monterey Jack. That's that's all that's I grew it. up eating. That's what I use. I the problem is that in the United States, I learned this when I moved to Mexico. In the United States, the the cheese quality is not what what it is in Mexico. You know, as far as the Mexican cheeses. So the packaged cheeses here are fine, but they don't. 
It doesn't, it's not like, oh, wow, no, you have to buy queso chihuahua because it's so much better than Monterey yeah. Jack. Oh my God, what are you doing? No, Monterey Jack's fine. Queso chihuahua's fine if you want to buy that, but they don't sell, um, I don't think they even have queso chihuahua in the, in the package here in, in my neighborhood. I'm in Brooklyn and I rarely see it. Yeah, no, if I lived in LA, then I would go find it everywhere, but I don't live there, so um anymore <laughs> but i'm not bitter uh so um but yeah i buy uh i buy monterey jack for everything and i have bought the grated cotija and it's fine i mean i've had the real cotija and it's just mind-blowing from you know cotija from the, yeah. the michoacan forest yeah. and so it's fine but it's not like, oh, yes, as part of my, I want to have it in my fridge all the time so I can make sure that I have this added touch that nothing will do except the grated cotija. No. Yeah. Um, I just do Monterey Jack. And I, and I make great. quesadillas a ton. That's the other thing um, I forgot to mention. Instead of the, uh, the fish tacos, I would say um, quesadillas are, I make those probably once a week with corn tortillas. And I make them without any oil, just in a dry, in my comal, like a round griddle. And they're super fast and super easy. And I put peas in them, actually. I do frozen oh, peas. Wow. And My kids love frozen peas. I've never thought to put them in a quesadilla. I'm literally going to take that and use that today. For do lunch. <laughs> lunch. Thank you. Thank I you. I love this. I feel like there are so many great takeaways for me as a home cook and for our listeners. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. Stacey, how fun and funny is it that Leslie loves tostadas as much as we do? I know. (laughs) I felt like that was a thread throughout the whole interview. And I was just like, with my microphone muted because my kids are loud, shaking my head. Yes, yes, yes to everything she was saying about tostadas and tortillas and um, spices and using hot sauce and fresh raw chilies to flavor things. Um, I'm, I have to say, I'm not as, I don't know, as versed in cooking dried beans as I feel like Leslie is. And I use a lot more canned beans, but it did get me excited to like put a a pot of beans on the stove this weekend. Yeah. Well, I think that her point of how much more you can make when you open a bag of beans is a really, really great point. And it probably wouldn't have resonated with me quite as much had I not just made that big pot of black bean soup, which, by the way, was a recipe for black bean soup in the New York Times that I adapted to make in the Instant Pot. So it was super easy. And if I had just pulled out two cans of beans, like dinner would have been one and done. So I actually stretched this to across four different meals. So in that regard, it's actually really smart and worth the effort. And if you have an Instant Pot, it really doesn't have to be that hard. I know. I know. I was really good in 2019, the beginning of it. Like in January, I cooked a ton of dry beans and then I um, froze them in like one pound increments. Yeah. Um, And I haven't done that this year. I don't know. January was like the longest month you would think I would have gotten that kind of work in, but it's something to aspire to and it do just once a month. Long. Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't actually long. <laughs> it was emotionally long. I think it was six ignorance. weeks long, actually. Yes. <laughs> so what is your kid's favorite Mexican food? 
Okay, what is, what is it called that Leslie just described as guisa, guisado? Guisada, yeah. Guisada. I think of that, like, I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like sort of the Americanized beef taco in a crunchy, but in a, like, that we serve in a crunchy shell, which is one of those things my kids really love. Yeah. We do eat quesadillas with Monterey Jack cheese all the time. Sometimes it's flour tortillas, sometimes it's corn tortillas. Um, My kids tend to prefer flour tortillas, but I just usually buy, like, whatever I feel like I want that week. It's definitely a staple that we keep in our house. And migas. We eat migas yes. pretty pretty frequently. So do we. Yeah. So I love those suggestions from Leslie. What are your kids' favorites? Well, you know, lately they've been, you know, last year we traveled to uh, Peru and also to Brazil. So I don't think of it as Mexican, although I know that Mexicans have a version of this, at least in Mexico City, where instead of using a tortilla... I actually make like a thicker masa cake. It's kind of, it's not super thick, but it's also not thin like a tortilla. Mm -hmm. And I'll just fry those up and I'll top it with like pulled meat. Usually like carnitas, again, made in the Instant Pot, which is basically just like a whole pork butt or pork shoulder with orange juice as the cooking liquid, bay leaf and salt. Pretty yeah. much that's it. And then let that cook down and pull it apart. And so they'll just have like pulled pork on top of those masa cakes, sometimes black beans, sometimes not. And then again, like those toppings, just like Leslie was saying, you know, hot sauce, maybe if we have it, chunked up avocado if we have it, cabbage, sour yeah, cream. crunchy cabbage. What a revolution. Yeah. I yeah. love cabbage. And like after talking to Kelly Foster too in our episode about probiotics, like pickled cabbage is now going to be on like everything I eat. Pickled cabbage is the new pickled red onion <laughs> in my house. <laughs> yes, I don't I haven't done any pickled cabbage yet. I'm still team pickled red onion. You're making me want to make a batch and make a batch of beans too. Do it. Do it. That's one of my favorite things about um, having guest experts on the show is like they always sort of invigorate my home cooking. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And that's something new and different. And even if I only do it once, it just makes me feel like a smarter cook and a better parent because I'm exposing my kids to more foods. You hear that, Leslie? You're making us better cooks and better parents. Thank you. (laughs) And I want to hear from our listeners, too. Like, Do you guys cook Mexican food at home? Do you not because you think it's too complicated? Are you making mostly burritos? Are you willing to like experiment with some of these other more regional Mexican foods? We want to hear from you. So you can find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join that private listeners group I was just talking about. When you go to join, you'll be prompted to ask a question. And the answer is whiskey or I don't know, margarita, michelada, whatever drink you like, anything, guys. Just just answer the question. Most importantly, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. We have more mini episodes in the works. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It really makes a big difference to our morale as much as it does for... <laughs> episode ranking too (laughs) our music is good old times by alex cohen provided by jamendo a huge thank you to our editor samantha gatsik i'm stacy 
And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. Oh, yeah. Give them five stars. Don't yuck on other people's yums. <laughs>